Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we have candid and unfiltered conversations with fellow survivors about what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Mark Garza, the founder of Flatwater Foundation, an organization dedicated to providing those affected by cancer access to mental health therapy and family support. We are so thrilled to talk with him today. Hello, Mark. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We can't wait to hear a little bit more about your story and what you do with Flatwater. Um, and just so everyone knows, it's been a journey to get Mark on here. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties, so we're very excited. Um, so you are the founder of Flatwater Foundation. Can you explain to everyone a little bit more about what that is and what you do there? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm the founder and now the executive director of the organization. And we have a, a pretty focused singular mission of providing access to mental health support for families in need touched by a cancer diagnosis. And that comes from sort of my own first hand experience going through it with my dad and, and my story, seeing how hard it is in general to get mental health support, much less through a cancer diagnosis. So that's what we do. and We've been doing it for just over a decade now. That's incredible. That's a really long time. Good for you guys. And um, do you guys just offer mental health support for patients or for caregivers and everybody surrounding the cancer environment? Awesome. I'm so glad you asked that because what I, what I often um, share with people is, you know, this organization was created because of my experience. And I went, what I went through is a father being given, you know, eight to 12 months to live for his prostate cancer. And that was sort of the genesis of it. So the organization was created by the son of somebody that was diagnosed. And I saw how many people in a community are affected. So it's very important for us as an organization that when the family uh, displays need, um, and that we are need-based through our partnered organizations that are screening, we're able to not just help patients, but also their support members. We all know if you don't have your support members healthy and ready and, and, and focused on, on the goal, uh, it all falls apart. So yeah. true. Yeah. Thank you. I'd love to. I'd love to share too that from that same story. I'd love to share the name. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard this a couple of times and have no idea what we do. And they hear this flat water, and we are not bottling water. We're not digging wells. Uh, you know, there's we we. It's, it's pretty awesome. I have Flat Water Foundation real big on the on the side of my car just to spread some awareness and a lot of people think that we pour concrete at the bottom of houses when they're being built and so it, it's actually great i come from a branding world uh, we can get into that but but in ad agencies but flatwater foundation the name really comes from that mission of bringing these families to what we call calm water you know one diagnosis causes so oh. many waves in all directions i love hearing that sound page like that 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 discovery like uh, the but, aha moment. Yes. And, and so we've thought about it for so many years. Like, is the name, you know, and everybody says, no, no, no. Once we can explain the name, we can have that moment with somebody and make that connection. It's about that feeling you get. Um, Maddie, I know you, you're from California. When you walk up to the coast and there's just reflective water and it's glass, it just yeah. evokes an emotion uh, of calm and serenity. And so that's really our mission is to take these families that are under these 
these tough times and finding this duress, bring them to that, what we call finding their flat water. I love that so much. It's so true. And the whole cancer experience for everyone involved is such a roller coaster of emotions. Just like even you explaining it, like calmed me, I feel like. Like it just makes so much sense. So I love that you you explained how the name uh, came to me. I love hearing that from you, Maddie, just because I know what, what you have gone through in your journey. And uh, and Paige, I know we are all so tied into this so heavily because it, it does actually fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> It actually sucks. I texted Maddie that the other day. I'm like still going through side effects of treatment. And I was like, Maddie, cancer actually just fucking like it yeah. does. And it yeah. Does. And for, for so many people. And so we're trying to make it suck less. Um yeah. because yeah. because really the medical treatments are there, the doctors are there, we're trying to figure it out. But I wanted to figure out and we can we can get into sort of the genesis of the my aha moment page to use your your phrase there but it was really about like this doesn't have there's got to be a better way it doesn't have to be so hard and then uh we really wanted to focus on this community where i'm born and raised and grow it and the demand is so huge that we've done 5.25 million dollars of therapy in the last you know six or seven years of having our current program Uh, and we're, we've barely, barely, barely scratched the surface. So, so yeah, it's, it's such a big need and we hope to inspire people all over the country to, um, take up what we do and take up the mission, but not just consider getting help for your mind, even if you have the means and the money, but, Mm -hmm. uh, consider supporting your own community in the same way and figure out how you can gain, um, provide that access to, to your, your community. Yeah. And, and talking of access, Mark, how do you get access yeah. to therapists using flat water? So when I went through this at the beginning, there was no access and it was a giant like navigation challenge. And so I knew we needed to start with helping people figure out how to find somebody. And from there, help them, you know, pick a therapist. And then we were going to need to solve the problem of paying for it because it was 140 on average an hour in, in mm-hmm. where we live. And that can go right. 300 an hour. It all depends on where you live. So we, um, we knew we were going to need to partner with great organizations working every day, day in, day out with these families. We didn't want to, you know, this was me, volunteer, had a full-time job. Um, I just wanted to raise the money and, and help them. So we went to places like the Livestrong Cancer Navigation Center when it used to be a brick and mortar in Austin. Um, mm. We started with Texas Oncology, which is the local uh, regional division of U.S. Oncology. We started with people that had social workers and navigators already already on staff. And we empowered them through our partnership with them, access to our database of pre-screened therapists. And then uh, through that access, they could share that with the people that they identified as really needing the help. And that was sort of the magic app, right? That's, they had told me, gosh, we do. We have so many people that could use it. Uh, numbers were showing 12% are receiving the help at 86% uh, seek mental health support. Uh, it, it, you, you go bankrupt. It takes all your money. It's hard to pay to talk to somebody. So we, we partnered with those folks and, uh, and that was the first step. And then uh, over the years, we created our own software program to help make it easy to make sure that all those therapists every month, we, we can pay them on time and cover the cost through the work we do in the community fundraising and uh mm-hmm. and, and complete it complete the gap so these families can heal 
that's incredible and so needed. And what was like the exact kind of, whether it was an issue or a moment when you were going through it with your dad that you were like, there needs to be something. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't initially go straight out and, and, and decide I needed a therapist. I wasn't like, oh, great. My dad's told he's going to die. Now my mom is feeling it. Now my, my dad has, has separated from my mom because he sees her as toxic and he's got to get rid of toxicity in his life. Uh, you know, then, then we saw divorce and we saw it was a lot and, and people couldn't believe it. And, and 10 years later, I'm telling you, it's happening all the time and it's very common. And so really for me, it was I got on a paddleboard before paddleboarding had kind of come to, come to Central Texas and Austin, where, where we are based. and it was sort of my accidental meditation and it started to, every morning at 6 a.m. I was feeling better because I was just connecting with nature and getting on the water and having this sort of experience. And I didn't really realize what was going on, but eventually I, I, it led me to thinking, oh, I could probably use some professional help to make sense of my mental state and these challenges. So hard to figure it out. What's an LPC, LC? CSW, LMFT, all these letters, all these professions. And then I finally got through it with some help and went and found the office. I actually that day went to the wrong office. Like there was even, it was even so hard because databases and psychology today and websites don't always match. And even physically getting to the office, uh, I was so excited and I was at the wrong place. Like it, it had, yeah, it had to, and that was a sign for me is like, I did all the work and even down to this tiny detail, I felt like the, you know, the universe was working against me. So fortunately had an incredible provider that was like, no, 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 you know, I'm not far. Follow, you know, here's, I dropped the pin, come see me. Talked it to me, did the intake, went through it. And then that is at that point when I found out it was going to be $140 for the session after the intake. And, and I couldn't believe that I had not asked that question, but I also thinking back, like it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. So uh, my aha moment was I couldn't really afford that. It, I couldn't, I couldn't at this time, at that time in my life, you know, I probably could have made it work and made it happen, but it was so much more stressful. It was affecting my own mental health to think, oh gosh, this is like, you know, $700 car payment each month yeah. additionally and, and, and to talk to somebody. And I have anxiety like in my chest right now thinking about that moment. Uh, and so what happened is I explained that, you know, I, this is incredible. And that intake was kind of life changing for me. But I went away with sort of, oh, man, I guess that's not going to happen. And three weeks later, on a, on a Saturday at about two in the afternoon, I, was, I saw my phone light up and it called and it was the therapist. And I thought, why is she calling me on the weekend? Mm-hmm. So long story short, it was a phone call about there was something about you mark we need to chat come in let's make an appointment don't worry about the money name your price what can you pay and she sent something in me and so it was really it was really sort of the universe and it was kind of a god wink to me and you know believe in whatever you may it was sort of my calling at that point to go see her and it changed those 50 minutes changed my whole outlook um, I say a lot of times it was like she put a, a USB stick in the back of my neck, immediately mm-hmm. downloaded everything that I was thinking and could spit back to me what it was, and then also a plan. 
And I just had never, I'm a process guy and just couldn't believe that was possible because we were talking about like life altering confusion, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that, Maddie. And I, I would, that's what you consider an aha moment was she said, don't worry about the money, come on in. And I thought, that's it. It's a barrier. This yeah. is really hard. And if I have a job and I can do this and it was still hard for me to pay, I was, I was single, uh, you know, young urban professional <laughs> working at a, working at a global ad agency and, and doing well. And, and, and I just had to think about all those families that don't have the blessings, um, and are just dealing with much harder times. And, and it, it just, I knew they couldn't get the help. Yeah. And how do you raise money now or cause I think it's really amazing, one, to obviously provide free therapy, but you also pay the therapists, which is just... Yeah, we, so yeah. yeah, and we never use that word free. We never use that word free because you're exactly right. We pay the therapists. It's, it's free is something that if you give something away for free, it will only prove its value, which is zero. And so we aren't a network of 140 volunteer therapists. These are people that we've pre-screened and we've agreed to this sliding scale of essentially about mm-hmm. 70, which is 50% per, per session exactly. and 90, yeah, 90 for couples and families. And so we pay them all, uh, built a software program to anonymously help manage that. And it, it's, it's a big, big, big deal for sustainability. I knew that we were going to have to create an organization that would cover the cost, pay them, keep them paid and, uh, and sort of create a sustainable, sustainable process that could help everybody. Right. Yeah. That that's actually such a point. I like that how if it's free, you get the value of zero because I often feel that just like in small things, like it's weird. I feel like I have to pay for like a yoga class even though there's free YouTube videos. Um <laughs> I I don't know. I'm like I feel like I'm getting that extra value by going in and actually seeing someone and exchanging something for it. I don't, I don't know. It's it makes a difference, I feel like, in my head. And to hear you say that, Mark, I, I get why you don't call it free. Yeah, and, and on that same on that same note, like I mean, we had a lot of people at the beginning telling us you need to charge the patient something. Like mm-hmm. in a vacuum, people will tell you, like, okay, charge them five dollars per visit, charge them ten dollars, charge them something, because if not, they're not going to value it and they're not going to attach it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well. I don't know. My my take on it was, yeah, they'll associate a value of $5 and that's still not powerful or $10. So why don't we just keep it at a $140 session paid for, paid for split by the nonprofit and the therapist. The therapist is covering half and we're covering the other half. We're still talking about full care at a fully licensed uh, local. And this, again, the pandemic has changed everything for us, but yeah. uh, you know, in-person sessions in the community um, that have since since become very heavy teletherapy but yeah so to me we don't use the word free but we make it clear and we try to in our messaging that this is 100 paid for by the organization um but it is paid therapy at no cost to the to the to the person in care right yeah i think that's really great because yeah like you said i think a lot of the times too if you know maybe not personally you're investing but if you know that there's just no investment like you aren't going to do the work you know you're not going to come and want to actually try to make a difference within your own mind because you're like no 
it's nothing to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we that's why we knew we had to partner with social workers uh, at yeah. these organizations because it isn't just like a brochure that you click a button and find a therapist and go get it. This is really part mm -hmm. of a giant process of explaining the benefits and making sure you're okay. And we are, you know, where the, where, where the rubber hits the road, of course, but it is, yeah, it is part of a whole bigger system of, of health and well, well-being and, uh, and better outcomes. Yeah. And is there like a, a, process to kind of narrow down which therapist someone will use or is it kind of based on availability or by age or yeah I guess yeah that's a great question because pre-pandemic and post-pandemic like we're doing a lot of work right now that we that people aren't together and in person and how can we better utilize technology for those for those situations but it is something where we try to attempt make an attempt to support, but empower. So what I mean by that is we're empowering these people to make a decision and figure out who it is that's a good match for them, these candidates. But the social workers in our, in our database, in our software, we've limited it to you know four or five that they can suggest when they create a PDF to give to these people mm -hmm. for them to go out and, and call their providers and see who, who's a good match. We still put the onus on the program participant to see who's the best match, but we work, have them work with a navigator in our database and start with geography, which is less important now that there's telehealth. Um, we've One thing the pandemic has done is pushed a lot of these practitioners into a platform that has allowed them to do it on video. But it's also about availability, geography, specialty. We have like in the database a focus, whether it's EMDR or it's children or family issues. So we have the, the social workers do play a very heavy role in human to human contact and, and support in helping that decision uh, and then let the program participant. I personally, hint, hint, think that down the road, there's a giant opportunity for us to really improve this legacy software that we created seven years ago and have so much, so much that we've learned that we could use some, some technology, but we don't ever want to really want to replace these experts that are trained with thousands of hours of help and support these social workers. So it's a bit of a mix, um, but the, the human, the human aspect of it is so important to Flatwater. Yeah. Cause sometimes I just find it very overwhelming when you have too many options. Yeah. Someone to get help from, and then you're just lost and you're like, okay, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Just, with my eyes closed I don't know yeah I think that you guys I don't have to tell you guys I dealt with it with my dad going through stage four prostate cancer but um you guys know like everything becomes overwhelming like a, a door the doorbell ringing becomes overwhelming like a phone call like a text that you didn't want so mm -hmm. yes when we first launched our software we would have navigators saying hey how do I print them all I want to make a book or how do I, and I said, no, 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 we intentionally built, I had that sense early on that we were going to need to block and limit. You're exactly yeah. right, Paige. Because, and if you know what, those four aren't a good match, here's four more. But um, we, we, you're exactly right. Like step one, relieve a lot of this overwhelming anxiety and, and just flood, right, of, mm -hmm. of information. I get, I, I know you get books and packets and some people don't get anything. They're just left with like, figure, figure it all out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. 
And you kind of touched on E. I'm gonna get the acronym wrong. E D E D M R. You got it right. Yeah, you did. Can you kind of explain? I I only bring this up because you mentioned it, and my mom mentioned it to me this week. Actually, <laughs> how amazing she's heard the results can be, and I just am curious on what it is. Yeah, you're okay. So full disclaimer for you and your audience. Um, one of the things that I always have to talk about is Mark Garza is an advertising agency guy. They got smacked over the head with a board telling his dad, finding out his dad was going to die and does not have a mental health background. I do, I, I do know what EMDR is and I can, you know, I can I have the text in front of me that it's a trauma therapy protocol that can be conducted by online therapy. It's essentially various life traumas. Uh, it's, it's, I've done it myself, but, um, I would definitely, definitely be sort of veering outside of my area of expertise to explain how it works. But in essence, it's a trauma, trauma focused, uh, therapy protocol that involves specific methodologies, physical, physical methodologies and modalities that, um, work in a way to sort of help to and again i'm getting way where i said i wasn't going to go but to help sort of rewire your rewire your brain and and resolve some of the trauma i did it myself because we started to get so much so many requests and people asking about it and for me it was yeah. very effective um i really this is such a lame response from a dude that's never taken a single psychology class or had to go <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, uh, someone who hasn't taken a psychology class. Yeah, yeah no. I thought that was a great explanation. Yeah, me too. I was now, curious, even from a personal standpoint, if you've done it, like if it's worth trying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was incredible. So you know, it's around desensitization. Um, and for me, you know, like any one of these modalities or what you're doing, not everything. There's not sort of a one size fits all for everybody. Um. It, it was something that, that I, I felt worked really well and um, for me. But because talk therapy or you know EMDR or whatever these are don't work for one in every individual, we have other stuff. We do have an equine therapy program, uh, for example, that not you never even get on a horse. You know, you one thing that very powerful for for a lot of our folks that actually come back and give us um, give us testimonials. It seems like the other one's screaming out because it's all anonymous. We don't know who these people are until they come tell us. But, yeah. you know, energy work with horses, touching right hand, left hand, sensitivity, desensitization, empowerment, like out on our horse ranch is another one. Um, they all work in such different, different ways. But I guess I can answer your question by saying that please learn as much as you can about EMDR. I'm not the one to teach you, but for me, it was very... Uh, very effective and mm -hmm. something that I, I I really am glad that I I pursued. Great and yeah. and also how long do patients typically or I could, the clients you get typically yeah, stay? Great question. You, yeah, I I got the data on that page. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, we're data. So building building that there building the practice of um of software and building out sort of. That was a big thing for me. It's like you get some data. I could nerd out on <laughs> on stuff real time. How much are we spending? What did we spend last month? What's our burn rate? So we built the software in-house um, with a donor. So 24 sessions is the average right now. It 
there are some outliers in the 200s because we've been wow. doing this, like I said, for the current the current program, six or seven, maybe eight years. But there are some early folks that are still going. Um, we're starting to not discourage that, but we're putting things in place to sort of address address healing um, and efficacy and sort of cases. But what's so important is we do not say you have six sessions, seven sessions, and you're done. Because you both said, yeah, right away, because that is everywhere. That is what we hear, and that is what is available. And that was, Flatwater Foundation was created as kind of the anti-teaser. <laughs> like, like, I was like, you want to give me two months of therapy and then take it away? Crap. Right. I know. You're just dipping your feet in. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you guys know where I'm coming from there. I mean, did you have experiences with that? Have you seen or heard of people that are like, uh... I mean, yes. yeah, I honestly, so I've tried three therapists before. Yeah. None of them stuck. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know it's, they say at the beginning when you're trying to find someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, yeah, the longest I did was, I think, three or four sessions. But, yeah. um, and also, I do want to ask this question too, because like during treatment, a lot of the times, like me and Paige always talk about this, that during treatment, you're like in survival mode, you don't really understand that you're like going through a traumatic experience until it's over. And so do you find that you get and you might not know this, because it's I know it's anonymous, but do you find that you get a lot of people once they're done with treatment coming also? Coming back? Coming to Flatwater, like, like once they're done. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Ah, yes, Maddie. I had no idea. Let, let me prove to you guys how much of an idiot I was about about oh. psychology. We had a good spot, Maddie. Good uh, I didn't even know. Uh, like, this is why this is why I have the disclaimer. I was a dude that was struck with this that was working in global ad agencies. I didn't even know about survivor's guilt. Like, mm-hmm. that's how that's how detached I was from the reality of what can't because I had gotten good news for thirty three years. You know, like I. I was blessed with this and that and the other thing. And then my dad was dying. And so, yes, survivor's guilt um, is something that became very common. Um, mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't just survivor's guilt, just the, the new normal and finding a new normal. Yeah. And it was something that was so overwhelming and caused so much anxiety and potentially depression. And mm-hmm. uh, it is a very big one. Um, the other thing is cancer doesn't go away. This whole seven, six, six session deal, yeah. like you might yeah. run out and you're done with it. And then it comes back as something else. And they're like, sorry, you have used your court. It's like, you know, when you're little and you get in six quarters to go play video games at Chuck E. Cheese and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're done. You're, you're, help, you're done. Um, that just really crushed me. So yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a very big part of what we do. Yeah. I would say, Maddie, correct me if I'm wrong, if if you don't feel this way, but even we're both a year and a half out. And if I was only given six sessions, I wouldn't even like now I finally have figured out what maybe I need to even talk about that I didn't even know right after treatment. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's all hitting now. Right, right, right. And it will for years. <laughs> that was my old yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, but, that, yeah. But, yeah you're... but the ultimate goal is, to, it doesn't have to be 200 sessions. What we, what I've been sort of informed about is an approach and an ability to sort of give you the tools that you need and put it in place. And it's definitely, in my opinion, can take more than six hours. 
you know, (laughs) but, um, but to work with a patient and work with a client, what I've seen and heard is that healing can happen. But not only that, I'm going to deal with this for many, many years into my life, but I thank you Flatwater for giving me the tools to get through this. Um, yeah. And so, but I'd love to share a little bit too about the, what the pandemic has changed. Yeah. Oh, please. That was, yeah. On my list of questions, so please. Yeah, we would. Well, yeah. Ask you. I don't want to take. Well, don't, go ahead if you if you have questions for me. I don't want to take. I don't want to take the steering wheel here from Maddie and Paige. No, but. no, go for it. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, I was gonna ask about the events that you usually do, and of course how the pandemic has affected it. Yeah, you did ask about that, and I went into a whole other direction because I I I talk too much about what's on my mind. This is something I'm so I'm so passionate <laughs> about. So yeah. fundraising. Day one, it was like that aha moment. Let's go back to that and saying, I need to fix this. And it's like, I'm going to commit to just raising the money. I didn't know how, but I knew that paddleboard was saving me. And um, I didn't know that I wanted a nonprofit, but we went out and created a PR stunt and got on paddleboards to paddle 15 people with a reach in the community, a radio DJ, a owner of a magazine. We paddled 21 miles to get on the news and say, why are you doing this? And just to make in Austin, Texas, every single news station we were able to get on and say, because the mind is so important around a cancer diagnosis. It wasn't like we're therapists and you need to go see a therapist. It was like consider taking care of your mind and therapy and getting help. Um, and it worked and it stuck and, and we weren't even raising money and we raised $35,000 that at the time went wow. to, yeah, this is 2010. Wow. And so that was like, whoa, this aha moment number two, like, this is it. It's, this is it. We need to not just support other organizations. Nobody's doing just what we want to do. And that's long-term therapy. So that was sort of like, what if we did this and created a network of therapists? And I just <clears throat> committed us to raising funds to pay for that. I still, it's still audacious. It's still crazy. You know, six, $7 million later, five and a quarter million dollars of therapy. We're, we're, we're still charging. So our biggest feather in the hat was this we got to the point in Austin where we were paying out cash value remember a hundred thousand dollars a month is two hundred thousand dollars worth of therapy because we're paying half rate right right so we're getting to the point where we're paying out six figures per month and keep trying to keep up with this scale just in the greater Austin area wow so proud of this so happy and we've created this paddleboard event that that took us from our roots every June, every year grew to 200 people where we capped it for safety, 200 people paddling. And then a huge party at the end to raise, uh, last year, we, uh, uh, again, raised $1 million, hit our goal of a million. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Super cool. Amazing. Super, yeah. super community driven, pulling the community together. It's not us. It wasn't me. Um, Chelsea Hardy, who joined us six years ago to really ramp the event up is absolute workhorse and we put everything in place where we spend about 50 to 60,000 I think at most one year 70k on the event that raised a million dollars but we have um, in one year we do about 160,000 of sponsors and sponsorship dollars so no donor dollars were paying for these events we're so proud to be putting things in place to cover our costs and raise this money so I can go to therapy and go to the program and keeping the program alive we were pretty proud of bringing people together, doing events, 
and community and community fundraisers and that in March of 2020 just stopped. All yeah. right. Our annual event, I'm sure you guys had stuff you were ready to go to, events you were ready for that just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And that was our million dollar event. We had brought on our paddle boarders in February, solidified the crew, got them their fundraising pages, and then everything kind of hit the brakes. So with three or four months of no fundraising, questions about the event, having to cancel or postpone June's event to later in the year, mm -hmm. um, which we're still uh, wrestling with right now, um, we were at a $1.2 million deficit with $100,000 of therapy, you know, going out the door each month. Yeah. We had to make some really big decisions on do we do we empty the tank and run run you know use all the gas and fuel in the tank and go and then we put her out or do we make really big business decisions that will allow Flatwater Foundation to be around for the next 20 years or until we can find a cure mm -hmm. and eliminate this thing, right? Yeah. So we had to push pause on brand new placements of new families and we had to focus the 350 families that we have in therapy. We had to really focus on unlimited care uh, and getting our burn rate down to somewhere around $25,000 cash a month, which is still a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So in that 25 to 30,000 of therapy plus, plus any other hard costs and you know operational costs that are very low for us, we are now out of our office, no rent, took pay cuts, et cetera. But it wasn't about that. I mean, it's about therapy like, and, and sustainability. So it's very hard to talk about. We had to stop new placements uh, while we work really hard to stay very creative and come up with new virtual ideas, new auctions online, et cetera, that can get us the money we need and ladder up uh, to new revenue streams. So it's been pretty devastating, but we are proud that we are healthy uh, and taking care of a lot of families. Yeah. I mean, 300, yeah, that number is just amazing. Yeah, 350 is a lot still that you guys are yeah. are moving forward with. Yeah, any, one yeah. individual uh, of unlimited care is expensive, um, but we just, we had to stay strong. Um, that's, and I, it's great, but every day I wake up and Chelsea wakes up and we're doing everything we can to, and the whole crew, our volunteers, our paddlers, the goal is, is, is returning you know, to where we need to be and letting all these folks back in to care. It's it's just such a huge, huge, huge gap in the, in the, in the, in the cancer community. And is the event, so the event is potentially going to be in Austin. October. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, so it's, yeah, let's talk about how it's not really going to be an event in the sense that we would love it to be. We had to go and take this, we had to cancel sort of the, if you think about it, what we do is we paddleboard 21 miles as a group to a party, right? Well, we're not yeah. going to party. We're not going to party at all. We can't get groups together. Um, we can't assemble. We're putting in um, a couple of extra months of work here to try to figure out with the city and with the lower Colorado River Authority and with our paddlers, A, how do we take these 200 people and launch an opportunity for virtual, right? That's step one. Everybody is going virtual. How do we go virtual? But our event is a little bit weird. It's, it's, it is a socially distant activity. We're paddleboarding and we can space out. And that's what we're hearing from a lot of people in the city and from a lot of our supporters. But at the same time, we have to get rid of our dinner, get rid of our gathering, get rid of the party. And what we're doing is not having an event per se, but we're going to get very creative and 
slim the numbers down to those that are dedicated and really focused on wanting to be on the water that day in honor of, you know, in October, potentially cold, it could be awesome. Mm -hmm. But we are, we are setting up small groups of socially distant 10 people, one at a time, spaced out with a support boat at a distance for safety with food and eyeballs on them, masks on shore, one at a time on, one at a time off, um, just trying to, I'm a big believer in science. I know we all are. We've talked about that, but like, we're not trying to be tone deaf. We're not trying to be, this isn't about like, we're free to do what we can. What we want. No, we are so heavily focused on the safety of our, our, our community and the safety of these paddlers because a lot of them are immunocompromised. Um, I have asthma. I have like, so it's really, it's really interesting. We're, we're, there's a huge thirst and a huge hunger and we are, now in a very good place with immunologists and epidemiologists and um and local authorities that we're going to try to pull off sort of a non-event facilitation of of an activity uh and 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 be very sensitive and again asking those that anybody that can and wants to go virtual and do it on your own to get our numbers even further down so we can achieve sort of a uh, a moment that these people are, are looking for and they seek, but in a very, very safe way that does not put people in harm's way. Yeah, yeah pretty, yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure because just thinking about it, if a lot of, I mean, it's all like the target is cancer patients. I a lot mean, of survivors, yeah. Immune- yeah, and survivors, and I mean our immune system, but there's there's a way I feel like around it that everyone's just having to figure out to still make things safe, but kind of move forward. Right, um, right, and and it's all about a your comfort level, but masks. This isn't one of those things where it's like we won't encourage masks; we will demand masks. And yeah, require. No, 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 masks. and and if you're not, uh, we will remove people from the group. And this isn't something that like is all inclusive and we got to do it right. And there's a lot that goes into it. And I am a, you're not going to find any, like we've been, I've been holed up in my house, not eating at restaurants and um, working Mm -hmm. from home since March. And it's, this is, this is a serious, and if things change and if the landscape changes, we are prepared to, we are prepared to go full hundred percent virtual. Um, working with working mm-hmm. with all the, the authorities and experts that are advising us, but yeah, it, it, there's a huge. We're getting, we're still getting emails of people that want to join and want to do it, and there's this giant hunger, yeah. um, albeit yeah. at a very smaller, very reduced, smaller group. So, so yeah, it's yeah. Well, and well, fingers crossed, next year we'll be yeah. hopefully back on. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, positive power, power, positive thinking. One of, yeah, I'm I'm thinking very positive and. We're calling all our community to to hear our message and you know see how we can do stuff, but do it very safely and and believe that masks do help and there are things mm-hmm. there are precautions we can take. So let's take um. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Maddie, I cut you off. I no, think no, about that. Um, I was just gonna ask if people do want to get like involved virtually in other places. Are they able to? And how can they do that? Yeah, so because of our core program, what we do is is therapy, and um, you know, is is um, uh, sort of a HIPAA HIPAA compliant environment. And we're all sort of anonymous. Programmatically, uh, there aren't a whole lot of opportunities, but from a fundraising perspective, uh, 
if you if you are local and in the Austin area or wanted to wanted to help out, you can always email volunteers at flatwaterfoundation.org as we start to come up with new and exciting virtual events and stuff that we have never done in the past. We are looking for people that are energized and excited to join us in our mission. Um, we as uh, as a caveat to that, we're also learning there are some really cool ways we can start to do more as an organization and stewardship and ways we can thank people better or get some creative card writers and letter writers and just really take this opportunity and moment to focus on things where we can get stronger as an organization. Um, mm -hmm. You know, ways that we can be in communication through mail, uh, email, cards, letters. So volunteers at flatwaterfoundation.org is a great way to get on our list and our distribution for opportunities. Another fun way is if you go to flatwaterfoundation.org forward slash donate, um, you can make a donation, but we have something called the Mental Health Club. And it's just a, a, a donation of $10 recurring of any, of, of any amount, but minimum $10. We start to send out really cool swag and shirts and hats and stuff over the years and over time. Yeah, we like to keep them engaged and, and thank our, 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 our recurring donors. And we call it the mental health club, the, the health club that you won't quit after the first month because we think we can keep you, uh, keep you engaged and have some fun with it. And then on top of that, volunteering and helping out is the best way to, in future years, get involved with our big paddleboard fundraiser, which we have people from all over the country. We are encouraging a lot of those that would need to travel to go ahead and do virtual, but we have a lot of folks from all over the country that come in to do our event. So that's one reason we'll have fewer people on the water this year. So. We're open, open to everybody that wants to be a part of it. And, uh, and also anybody that wants to connect with me at mark at flatwaterfoundation.org uh, about ways that they can do something like what we're doing in their own community. We're working on some projects and some empowerment opportunities to get people uh, tools that they would need to start something like Flatwater in their own community. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. And I'll put all of that information in the podcast episode description so people can easily awesome. find it all. Yeah. I talk a lot, guys. Sorry. This is this. I get. No, this, this is, is exactly what we love and what we need. Yeah. Everyone I mean, it helps us. Talk more. Yeah. Yeah. It helps us. Yeah. Is that what podcasts are all about? We're supposed to talk because I can talk. No, I mean, I, 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 I am so passionate about this, guys. And, you know, it's. Like I said, I am not a mental health professional. Um, it's it, it, I am a guy who's seen the power of therapy and just wants to spread the message. We might not be the one that's going to get you. Like this podcast is important because it doesn't mean like this isn't a commercial for Flatwater. This is not like a way for us because I'll tell you right now, we can't place people in. What we want people to do is see the connection. And you don't have to go to a therapist. I'd love to leave you with that. You can go for a run, you know, socially distanced or um, you can go uh, exercise, you can get on your Peloton, you can get on your treadmill, or you can just go for a walk and get outside, but whatever, or go fishing, whatever it is that brings you that flat water, don't stop doing it when you find yourself confronted with either a diagnosis or a family member or those, those, those creepy, creepy crawlies get into your brain. Just remember how important the mental aspect of all of this is stay positive um, and easier said than done. But if you do need professional help, uh, look at local resources, find in your community ways that you can get there. But it really starts with just understanding the power of, of your mind and taking control. Yeah. I was, I was gonna, was yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, no. but I was like, I was thinking, or go paddleboard. Yeah, that, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I might hop on one tomorrow. Yeah. Please, please do. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. Be, before or when the sun is coming up will be the the greatest impact you can have on your mental health. Perfect. I, I love that. You've been amazing, Mark, and you've given us so much important information. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mark. The work you guys are doing is so important. I, I love having you guys as new friends. And uh, if there's yeah. any resources or any of anybody asks you, please send anybody my way. Um, I would love to to help anybody on their journey uh, figure out how to, to navigate. Perfect. We definitely will. Thank you so much, Mark. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollock, sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories.